With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Here with the 241st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this one, Falcons Move Up in the Draft. Lose 17-14 to the Chiefs. Team's now on a four-game losing streak. And they're firmly entrenched in the top ten for the upcoming draft. They are set at the number four spot this week. Uh, Need... uh, you know, they don't need to, you know, they don't want to say they got to need to lose. But, you know, if they lose, they're pretty much going to be at four. Uh, can't really go up past uh, Houston Miami. Uh, you know, Miami's got the Houston pick at three. But we'll get into the draft later. Let's wrap up this game here. Uh, Falcons went out to Kansas City. Waged a mighty war against the defending Super Bowl champs. Only to come up short in the end. A, um... They took the lead on a Laquan Treadroll touchdown pass. Then uh, gave it right back uh, with 155 to go in the game. Kendall Sheffield got beat. Then uh, they had a chance to um, they had a chance to stop him on that drive. AJ Terrell had his hands on a ball in the end zone, and uh, Coach Raheem said, "Hey, he's gonna throw you some when he when he throws you that ball. You gotta make that play." They didn't do it that time. That would have been a tough grab, but hey, you know. Um, uh, you know, they, they had a couple other was early, you know, Sheffield dropped one earlier in the game. So, uh, they didn't make that play. And then, uh, young way with a chance to force overtime, missed a 39 yard field goal, man. It was looking good going right down the fairway. Then it just sliced right off, off to the right there. And, um, Man, that looked like one of my drives there. That was a bad. He didn't like the field out there. We'll let you hear from him. Uh, but that's what happened. They went out there uh, with with the backup line, Matt Hennessy at center. They moved Matt Gano to to left guard. He had earned that uh, starting at right tackle. You know, he was mostly uh, being groomed for a guard. You know, they've been developing him for three years. So they wanted to run the ball and see what they got. And him and uh, Jake uh, got the ball moving on that left side a little bit there. So, um, but they had a rough day. Gono and Hennessy both had a rough day. Uh, man, that Chris Jones is a he's a man. He's a real man. And then Frank Clark, I saw him getting through on Gano late in the game. And he's definitely uh, usually at end, but they moved him inside. So th- they had a rough day, but, you know, you got to see what some of these guys can do. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into the game notes here. We'll hear from Koo, and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll hear from some Matt Ryan, go through the game notes. Then we'll look ahead here to Tampa Bay and the draft. Oh, and then let's just drop this here. Uh, that was the ESPN report pregame that, um, two teams were interested in Urban Meyer. It's only three teams that have uh, uh, fired their coaches so far. So, you know, 
um, Detroit, Houston, and Atlanta. Uh, you know, so we posted it, but we knew Urban Meyer's not a, um, you know, I was told don't waste your time uh, on background. So the, um, you know, what happened with Bobby Petrino here is, you know, with uh, coming here as a coach, that's probably the last thing Arthur Blank would do to you and the fan base is bring another college coach experiment here to Atlanta. I'm thinking uh, as this thing starts to unfold, they're looking for a proven commodity who has won in this league, and there's only a few people that fit that profile. Um, the young and up-and-coming guy that everybody else is doing, I don't know if that works with a 35-year-old quarterback. So we'll see. Um how this unfolds. We'll be going more into the coaching search this week. We've been focusing on the general manager search. So without further ado, let's hear from Young Way Koo on what happened. We got Justin Felder uh, from Fox answering the questions. I think the um, team let him, you know, um, he only got two minutes, but here, that's all. I mean, he he was stand-up guy to come and talk after um, after the game. So let's let's hear it from him. That's a, a tough one. Can you take us through that kick? Yeah, um, I just I just pushed it. Um, I know I gotta come through when my name's called at that time. Um, I just didn't come through, but um, I'll learn from it and move on. When something like that happens, is it a mechanical thing? Is it is it something you you knew right when it was coming off your foot? Um, I haven't really done that all season. Um, it was a different surface that I played on today. Um, just kind of had a hard time figuring that out, but um, whether you know different surface or not, I was going to make that kick. Did nerves play a role at all? And you know, with with what's on the line with seconds left, I know you've hit lots and lots of big kicks, but did nerves play a role at all? No, I mean, you can't think about that stuff, right? I mean, it's the same stroke every time. Um, so like I said, I just had a hard time figuring that out, but got to come through. What's the mood in the locker room like after this one? I mean, look, you, you know, you go toe to toe with the defending champs and the now number one seed, but it ends the way it does. What's the mood? Uh, I think we had, you know, a lot of close games this season. Uh, we would like to close it out as well. Um, we just learn from it and, you know, move on. We, but we does it get disheartening at all the way you guys have have you know dealt with some losses this year? That the the weird ways that you guys have ended, just the you know the heartbreaking finishes. Um, no, I mean, I don't think that we're just that close. Um, you know, it's a weather a play or two. Um, we're right there every time. Um, so I think we just have to learn to finish and just, you know, um, get better from that. Last question. Yeah, Coach Morris said in his uh, in his press conference, he just went up and gave you a hug afterward. But what, what, did, what was the kind of story from your side of things after the kick? And did anybody else come up with words of encouragement afterward? Yeah, I mean... At that moment, I just have to, you know, come through. And my name's called at that time. Um, it is what it is. Um, I learned from it, and I'll definitely work harder from that. And then um, next time, I'll make that. So that was Young Way Cool. Yeah, I thought he got a quick hook. That was real quick, two minutes. But hey, you know, um, he did come out and talk to the media there. Uh, Young Way Cool on uh, his kick said he didn't like the surface, pushed it right. Uh, no. It didn't sound like he was trying to make excuse, just telling us what happened there. So, um, you know, that's from the kicker. We want to go Someone here to uh, A.J. Terrell. Um, that play in the end zone there went up and almost had the interception. 
Yeah, just um, just went up for the ball and you know came down with it, and uh, you know the ground the ground just bobbled it loose. Uh, wish I could have it back, but no, it's just in with it. Yeah. Did you feel like did it? Did you feel like it slipped out, or did was it the force of the ground that kind of knocked it? Loose? Yeah, I had it. I had it. I had it coming down, and then the, you know the force of the ground just bobbled it. Were you thinking in the moment the broadcast was talking about? Were you thinking in the moment? you know, to kind of make sure that Hill didn't kind of snag it out of the air for a touchdown, or was it just kind of all reacting? Yeah, it was just reacting, just out there, just making plays. Uh, you know, just out there reacting and making a play to him. I think that's the second fewest points the Chiefs have scored in a game with Patrick Mahomes. Um, how, what was it about today's game plan that kept them to only 17 points? Uh, just, you know, trusting the system and in, in each other, uh, just coming in, knowing... Um, you know, they're, you know, just trusting in the game plan, we can always uh, come down to the wire and win these close games. You know, we don't have so many this year um, that, you know, it ain't new to us. We just got to put games away. Coach Morris said afterward his biggest takeaway from the game was feeling like you guys can play with anyone. Um, what, what kind of validation do you get from that feeling, even in a game where you can't pull out the win? Well, I definitely believe we can play with anyone. I mean, it's been showing the whole season. We just got to, you know, like I said, just finish and put games away. Whether we got the lead or whether we don't, we always come down to a nail biter. How much do you feel like you've grown throughout this season by constantly lining up against some of the league's best wide receivers? Uh, definitely grown a lot. Um, like I said, I look forward to these matchups and um, my ability. You know, I'm, I'm here for a reason and go out there and make plays and, you know, help the team. Uh, get to a Super Bowl. How much does losing so many close games this season wear on you and wear on the team? Um, you know, we don't even look at that at that perspective. Um, we know we've got a lot of them under our belt where we have lost close games, but uh, knowing uh, as a team, knowing that we are uh, we can play with anybody, we just come in every week, just uh, trying to get the job done, and you know, just believing in each other. Keanu had the interception on that kind of crazy trick play. How have you seen uh, Keanu kind of get his groove back from the beginning of the season to where he's at now? Yeah, definitely a leader in the back seven. Um, you know, he made a great play on the ball. Um, it wasn't nothing I didn't expect. So, you know, just a great leader, great baller, and uh, just a, a big brother to me. You know, a lot of fans this time of year start to think about draft position and things like that. You're a guy who's going to be with this team for many years to come. Can you talk, though, about how that kind of thinking about the draft stuff conflicts with what you guys think about as players and coaches? Uh, I'm just a player. I don't really get into the draft. So I don't really, you know, I'm here for a reason. And uh, they drafted me, so all I can do is control me. Last question. Are there any, you know, silver linings or I, I know nobody wants like a moral victory, right? But do you take away any silver linings the way the defense played uh, in a loss, but against a team that's a defending Super Bowl champion and is now, you know, the number one seed in the AFC? Um, I don't really know what you mean by silver lining. Like a moral victory, do you walk away from that one at all feeling good, even though the, the result you know, the, the score result wasn't what you wanted, the way this defense was able to play against such a good offense? Um, no, I mean, I, f I feel like, um, we, like I said, we had so many close games. We want to put these games away. We're not satisfied with just uh, have playing a close, good game, but we want to put games away and win. So 
we we took a loss and it wasn't a it was a it was a it wasn't a good we didn't win so it just is what it is. Falcons quarterback AJ Terrell. He's like, hey, we're not trying to play close, good games. We're trying to win. Um, they believe, and we heard this throughout. This game shows that they could play with anyone. Uh, just a couple plays here and there, and I think you know, hey, you increase the talent level on defense, firm up the line. Maybe the quick turnaround could happen. Uh, I've definitely grown a lot. That's big for the rookie. Um, you know, he seems level-headed. He's going to continue to grow. So, I mean, you got a you got a number one cornerback here. So, um, you know, you got a defensive tackle with Grady. So, you got a, you know, linebacker with Dion, I think. So, you, you know, you could build from this. Uh, don't have any ends. Uh, Tyler Davidson's a stud in there. I don't see any problems there. Uh, gets a little bit more energy up front, so you don't have to blitz and do all the gadget defenses they've been playing. But, uh, you know, I'm sure the GM's going to look at it and see, uh, you know, what they have here. But let's move on to some of the notes from the game. Uh, you know, it was, um, you know, 17-14, late touchdown. Uh, Falcons held um, turnover margin 2-1 to one, and time of possession 33-12. to 12. Uh, 26 to 40, uh, 48, 26 minutes, 48 seconds for the Chiefs. Um, big thing was the running backs, um, 21 for 98, you know, take out the, uh, two runs by Ridley and, uh, Matt Ryan, the minus eight yards and, uh, the running backs averaged 4.6 yards a carry. Would have been a little bit more if Matt Hennessy didn't get caught for holding on that, uh, backside run by Ito. But um, that was pretty good. They had a uh, nine-play, 98-yard touchdown drive. Longest of the season. They had another 98-yard drive against Detroit. That was the uh, four-yard touchdown pass uh, to take the 7-0 lead. Okay, the Falcons defense held the Chiefs to 17 points, their fewest in the game this season, and Kansas City's fewest since week five of 2019 season. The defense held Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes to a season low 79.5 passer rating and limited Kansas City's offense to 5 of 13 on third down, 38.5%. Quarterback Matt Ryan was 27 of 35, season high 77.1% for 300 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions for a 120 1.1 passer rating. Ryan's uh, Sunday's game marked Ryan's fifth game with at least 300 yards passing this season and the 69th of his career, the fifth most in NFL history. Now, here's the running back thing. Uh, Edo Smith had 10 carries for 46 and one interception for five. Brian Hill had 61 yards from scrimmage, 36 rushing, 25 receiving. Todd Gurley had 50 yards from scrimmage, 34 receiving, 16 rushing. Uh, of course, Calvin Ridley was the star here, 5 for 130, marking his fourth consecutive game with at least 100 yards receiving. His eighth game of the season, he has the most in the uh, league. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has seven for Arizona. So, uh, Ridley joined. 
Julio Jones, who has six, Andre Risen, four, Terrence Mathis, four, as the only players to record at least 1,000 yards receiving, excuse me, at least 100 yards receiving in four consecutive games in franchise history. His eighth um, with at least 100 or third most in a single season in franchise history. Julio Jones had 10 in 2018 and 9 in 2015. Okay, he can he can get to 9, can't get to 10. So, um, Julio, he'll be right up there with one of the best seasons with Julio. Sunday, uh, really surpassed 3,000 career receiving yards in his 43rd game, becoming the second fastest player to 3,000 yards receiving in franchise history, Jones. 37 games. So, you know, some of these stuff are passing era stats, but hey, that's where we are right now. We're in the passing era. Laquan Treadwell had a five-yard touchdown catch his second in four games. Hayden Hurst had four, five receptions for 47 yards and a four-yard touchdown run. Hurst set a single-season career highs for receptions with 52 receiving yards for Five forty-three, receiving touchdowns, five in his first season with the Falcons. Uh, Grady Jarrett was a big part of the defense. He was uh, dropping, doing everything. They were fire zoning, uh, matchup zones. Raheem said, "I'm not going to tell you what we did." Um, man, well, I'll tell y'all. They were matching up on some sides of the field and double covering on others. Uh, Sending linebackers, dropping linemen in the coverage. Those are fire zones. Uh, and, um, you know, sometimes guys got left in man coverage and you got to play. You know, Sheffield didn't do that too well on that last play there, Demarcus Robinson. So that's what they did. They did matchup zones, uh, man-to-man, uh, fire zone blitzes, regular blitzes, slot blitzes, linebacker blitzes. Uh, might even seen a safety go up there a couple times. So he mixed up the blitzes and mixed up the coverages. And that threw um, Mahomes off. They took away some of his favorite stuff. Because, you know, Bob Sutton was there working with the Falcons, uh, the former Chiefs defense, going against that offense and, uh, you know, every day for a while there. So when he was with, he was in Kansas City for quite a while, so he knew exactly where the uh, holes were and how to make Mahomes, uh, you know, hold the ball and run before he wanted to run. So, you know, that's what they did against him. And, you know, we can tell that from – Years of experience because they didn't get the deep ball up. So Ricardo was back playing center field, and you know, uh, single high, staying over the top, deeper than deep, and that forced Mahomes not to take as many shots. So Fulcon had that big uh, interception. That was his second career interception. He had six tackles, uh, three solo. Deion Jones had eight tackles. Sheffield they went at him a lot because he got left in one on one. And so he had a nine single uh, career high nine tackles and one pass defense. Man, he needed two passes defense. Well, the one he dropped, and this one he he got beat on the move. Looked like a broken arrow route. Uh, but yeah, Demarcus got him on that one. That one hurt for the Falcons. Q 
Keanu Neal had five tackles, one pass defense, and his second career interception. He didn't get food on that razzle-dazzle flip-back, throwback to the quarterback nonsense and made him a pick. Might have spiked that ball, but hey, you know, got his hands on the ball, and uh, the offense went and drove it 98 yards, so it didn't factor in. Make, maybe actually helped them to run some more clock. Couple other team stats. First downs were 23 to 23. Third downs, the uh, Falcons were six of six of six of twelve. Chiefs five of thirteen. Uh, total net yards 367 to 395. Um, Falcons had 62 plays. They had 66. Average game 5.9. Average game for the Chiefs six six yards. Uh, rushing, net rushing, 90. Because uh, Ridley and uh, Ryan dropped, uh, they lost eight yards on their runs, one and seven. So the running backs ran for 98. Chiefs ran for 117. Net passing, 277 for the Falcons, 278 for the Chiefs. You know, you take away the 23 yards and losses. On the four sacks, that's how we get the 277 night passing for the Falcons. Seven penalties for 45, uh, six for 41 for the Chiefs, one turnover for the Falcons, two for the Chiefs. Uh, Hoff Richter averaged 44.4 on his uh, punts. Chiefs averaged 41.3, two touchdowns apiece, 0 for 1 on field goals, 1 for 1. By Harrison Butker, Georgia's former Georgia Tech kicker, kicking against the Georgia Southern kicker. So, a lot of Georgia kickers around. <laughs> Got Tyler Bass in Buffalo, Blankenship in Indy. Just a few that come to mind real quick. So, yeah, we got all the stats there. Uh, behind Ridley was Hurst with 5 for 47, Gurley 3 for 34, Brian Hill 3 for 25, so he was checking it down. Gage 4 for 23, uh, Laquan Treadwell 2 for 11. Kendall Sheffield led in tackles with 9, Dion with 8, Foyer 6, Ken, uh, Keanu Neal 5, Grady Jarrett 3, 2 extra points, 1 0 for 1 on the field goes 39. He only missed his only second one of the season. And uh, Hoffrecker was overall 5 for 20, 222 yards. He put two of them down inside of the 20. So let's go. Uh, I'm going to go. I want to hear from uh, Coach Morris. Now we've wrapped up that game. He doesn't make any excuses. I don't know how legit it is when they say, hey, we could play with anybody. When you keep losing close games by like that, I mean, you don't have the players making the plays. So, um, and certainly, uh, you know, Matt Ryan was under duress, too much duress for me, um, you know, when he was throwing the ball. So, I mean, that, that line and that blocking package has got to get tighter. But let's go here to I mean, Coach Morris. Was, uh, we told us it'd be close. You told us it might not be high scoring. Um, just your initial thoughts after a, a hard-fought game. You know, just proud of the football team and how they came play against the uh, defending champs. You know, they put up a great effort. You know, we didn't come here to get pat on the back by anybody. Uh, we came here to win the football game. So ultimately, at the end of the day, um, you want to win that game. And that's the only goal that you have when you go to play these games. Is there anything AJ can learn from that? Obviously, had that in the grips and just hit the turf and the ball bounced away. You know, it's not just AJ. You know, we talked about it 
um, throughout the week. It was part of the, the plays that you need to win the game. We talked about, you know, Patrick Mahomes potentially throwing you a few, and when he throws them up there in the air, you got to come down with them. And who knew it would end just like that, but it did. Um, and we come down with that one. That's the difference in the game. It's different in us sealing the victory. Um, we're able to get it. They capitalize after those. Did somebody get in your ear, coach, or what did you see in order to challenge that play? You know, they stayed in did a great job of, uh, of not showing it. Um, it was a great job of the ball being up in the air and it was coming down with it, um, coming out at the end, and it was just too big of a play not to challenge. Um, and ultimately, I had to make the decision on my own right there, and I did. And I went for the challenge and tried to see what happened, see what New York says. It seemed you guys were getting great pressure with just a four-man rush today. Do you agree with that? And uh, how often did you even blitz? You know, we did a nice job of having some of simulated pressure. Some of our guys come in from the back end. Um, some of our guys come from the linebacker position. But our D-line really stepped up today to get him out of the pocket, uh, getting a really good quarterback on the move. And I shouldn't call him good. A really great quarterback on the move um, in order to make him a little bit confused and in order not to make the plays that he normally makes. Yeah, what was the blueprint, Coach? Because no other team this year has been able to slow them down like you did today. None of your business. <laughs> you know, I share that with the rest of the league. Watch it on your tape. <laughs> what uh, what started to work in the fourth quarter where the offense really started to find their rhythm? You know, the offense had had, had some success all day moving the football. Um, and the ability to run the football today, um, the ability to spread those guys out and throw some balls. Um, we didn't get as many explosives as we wanted to. Um, we didn't get the, the ultimate, the, the, as many points as we wanted to. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they fought tough. Uh, they played well. They stayed with it. They stayed resilient. Um, and ultimately, those guys won't be happy with their results. But it is what it is. We've got to find a way to win those games. Did you have to make any adjustments offensively to kind of get them going late in that second half? You know, you always got to make adjustments, you know, especially when you're playing really good football teams and you got to do some things differently. You know, the guys did a great job on offense of coming out, really getting us in a position to win that game, really getting us in a position to tie that game and send it to overtime. And unfortunately, we missed the kick, we missed the kick with our Pro Bowl kicker. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, death taxes and uh, cool kicking field goals this year guarantees a life. What do you, what do you say uh, to a young man who's been automatic and, you know, had it right there for you? Absolutely nothing. You go hug him and tell him you love him. And exactly what I did. Tell him, you know, it's day to come, and it's going to come very shortly. What's your biggest takeaway in a game like this where you had a chance and most everybody, uh, there are so-called experts out there, coach, had you guys losing big? You know, it's, um, it's really a credit to the team. It's really a credit to the organization. Um, the biggest takeaway from it is that we can play with anybody. And you line them up, and we got a chance to go out there and get after them. And these guys certainly can show that, and we've certainly been able to do it most of the year. We haven't been able to win these games that come down to the wire. And we got to find a way to win these games down the wire. we got to be more consistent with us running the football. And we got to be more consistent with the passwords that we showed today. I know. My, I think my calculations had uh, eight games this year by a touchdown or less, Coach. Uh, because it was on the road, because it was against the defending champs, does this one hurt even more in a tough loss? No, they all hurt. You know, um, it is what it is. They all feel the same. They all are the same. Um, you got to go out and try to get wins. They're no different until you get to the playoffs. And ultimately, that's what we want to be at one point. I know you're not active on social media, but so many fans were very proud of the effort, proud of the way you guys competed today, but we're also, quote-unquote, happy because of the draft position. I know you could care less about that because you want wins. What do, what do you say to that fan base who says, you know what, it was a, it was a good outcome today? You know, our fan base is very knowledgeable, um, and that's their job to cheer for those type of things, but our job is to go out and win football games. Um, you know, we really love those guys. We really love Atlanta. We love everything we stand for. And when that time comes, we'll, we'll, we'll address those accordingly. Does a performance like this, Coach, maybe indicate that you are closer than many people think, hanging toe-to-toe with the defending champs? You know, I'm, I'm not really concerned what other people think. I'm more concerned with what I think, and I think we are close. I do think we have the talent. I think we have the people. And we got to fix some things. we got to do some things better in order to put ourselves in position to be in these meaningful games at the end of the season. And I know we can do it with the guys that we have in this room right now. So let's just go and figure out what's going to happen, 
I'm ready to deal. I'm ready to play Tampa Bay next week. I think it was a third and one. Coach Gurley ran for about a two-yard play. Did you think about calling a timeout there um, to save some clock? I can't really recall the play right now. Um, okay. Right now, I was in a situation where we was trying to bleed the clock and not give Patrick Mahomes another chance. I don't know what's exactly what you're talking about, but I know we had uh, intentions on using the clock and we wanted to use it, and it wasn't there. Uh, Grady uh, versus Chris Jones, two just you know warriors out there. Um, what do you think of that matchup, and who do you think had the better day? You know, I just love those guys. Um, we got obviously look at the takes who had the better day, but obviously Chris Jones is a factor, especially there at the end. Um, Grady's always going to be a factor for us and what he's able to bring to us and just what he does for us as a football team, as a man, as a character guy. Um, it is what it is, man. We're going to look at the tape and see what happened. But obviously Chris Jones, won, Chris Jones won the day. You know, they got the win. We appreciate your time. Safe travels. We'll talk this week. We'll do, man. See you guys later. Coach Raheem Morris. Uh, put together a great game plan for them. They executed it pretty much to a T there. Um, you know, left uh, Sheffield maybe too much man, but uh, he's their speed guy. He's got to step up and make some plays. He had a couple chances, didn't do it. Yeah, Chris got, um Matt Gano and Matt Hennessy, yeah, they had a rough day with Chris Jones, man. That's a beast up front. He got to Lindstrom, too, a little bit up front, too. So, hey, uh, that's good for them to see that this early in their careers. They'll know uh, how to handle it moving forward. So, uh, in the season, going down to Tampa, 10-5. and Y'all saw him destroy Detroit on TV there Saturday, 47-7. Uh, they were seven and nine with the Falcons last year. It was going from Brady, uh, from Jameis Winston to Tom Brady. Apparently, is worth at least three wins, maybe four. So, uh, Bucks look like they're headed to the playoffs uh, with Tom Brady in tow, and uh, looking like they're firing on all cylinders. At least they did in that scrimmage against Detroit. So, the draft order as it stands right now: Jacksonville and the Jets are locked in at one and two. So that's, uh, you know, then Miami's Miami's got Houston's pick, which is three right now. Falcons are four. Cincinnati, five. Philly, six. And so our folks at Tankathon have the draft looking like this. Um, Lawrence and Fields going one and two. Uh, Penny Sowell, the tackle from Oregon, going three. And then Michael Parsons, the linebacker for Penn State, would go to the Falcons. They have a, a pick between him and Russo, the Miami uh, edge rusher. They might go need and go edge rusher at that point, and then they'll be passing on Jamar Chase, who they have going to Cincinnati, reuniting with Joe Burrow. So with that, we're going to get on out of here. This is the 244. First episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast titled Falcons Move Up in the Draft. Lose 17 to 14 to the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll be back on Wednesday to preview the upcoming game, final game of the regular season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, with that, take care and have a great rest of the week. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. 
But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.